If you have your Bibles with you, I would invite you to turn to the book of Proverbs. In the evenings when I am preaching, we're going to be going now through various sections of the Proverbs. Proverbs is a perfect book for preaching intermittently, that is sort of a week on, a week off. It's also an eminently practical book. It's filled with practical wisdom. I don't know if you have noticed, but almost every time when someone says, what does the Bible say about something, you could find a proverb that applies. And so this, morning, this evening, excuse me, not this morning, this evening, we will begin by looking at the purpose of the book of Proverbs, the purpose of understanding and knowledge. If you would please give your attention to God's Word. The Word of the Lord is completely without error. The Word of the Lord is completely sufficient. And the Word of the Lord is completely authoritative. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Thus far the reading of God's holy word. Let's pray for His blessing upon it. Heavenly Father, we ask that You would open up Your word for us that by the power of Your Spirit, we would know Your will. This we ask in Christ's name. Amen. It is an important thing to know who we are, isn't it? It's one of the things we try and teach our children as they grow, to learn more about themselves and their purpose and their gifts. Some people in the middle of their life, go off to find themselves. I don't know how quite they got lost or how they would trust themselves having lost themselves to find themselves. But the point is, is that we come to a point where we are not sure of our place in the universe, not sure of who we are and what we should do. And in this, the Proverbs are especially helpful you see, because it is true that the knowledge of who we are is built up in our knowledge of God. There is a wonderful quote that begins Calvin's Institutes. He says this, Nearly all the wisdom we possess, that is to say, true and sound wisdom, consists of two parts, the knowledge of God and of ourselves. But while joined by many bonds... Which one proceeds and brings forth the other is not easy to discern. In the first place, no one can look upon himself without immediately turning his thoughts to the contemplation of God in whom he lives and moves. 
You see, we cannot truly know who we are unless we see ourselves in the context of the Lord. And so in this book of Proverbs, we find wisdom from God that helps us to practically live our lives. The first question then that comes to us from this passage is, what is the subject that is being spoken of here? What is a proverb? I think we all have some idea, but it's vague. We're not sure we can pin it down. A proverb is more like one of those things that when I see it, I can point it out. And and there is a reason for this. The fault is not in our faculties. It's because the idea of a proverb is very broad. It can mean all sorts of things within a context. For example, it could be a short, pithy saying. Like Ezekiel says, Behold, everyone who uses proverbs will use this proverb about you. Like mother, like daughter. In four words, wisdom. It could even be a wisecrack. Ezekiel writes in chapter 18, What do you mean by repeating the proverb concerning the land of Israel? The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Think about that for a moment. It's kind of a sharp comeback could also be a byword, that is, something that is emblematic of something else. In Deuteronomy 28, God warns Israel, and you shall become a horror, a proverb, and a byword among all the peoples. It can also be a way that we reveal doctrine to each other. Psalm 49 says, I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music Of the liar. And I think perhaps the broadest sense of a proverb is it can be a lesson that we gain from experience and we pass on to others. Psalm 78 says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children. Proverbs are wisdom that we pass down to others. But I think at its core, what a proverb is, is a comparison. It is a way that we discern things. Go here and not here. Do this, do not do that. And if you think about the couplets of the proverbs throughout the book, you will see that at their core, they are comparisons that are given to us in a way in which we can then learn how to make comparisons that are accurate and godly. Well, the author of these Proverbs is Solomon. These are the Proverbs of Solomon. Now, he is not the author of each and every single proverb. He was also a collector of Proverbs and gathering them up in one book. But he was, of course, renowned for his wisdom. God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure, beyond the breadth of of the sand on the seashore, First Kings tells us. He was a man who was raised by a godly man. He's a son of David. and He was a leader of God's people, the king of Israel. 
So this is the subject that we will deal with in this book. But the second question that comes to us then is, what is the purpose of the Proverbs? Why did God put this book together? I am certain that His primary purpose was not so that we could make crochet and needlepoint mats to decorate our homes with pithy Bible verses. That's not a bad way to decorate your home with the Word of God. But that's not the primary purpose. And we see here in a series of statements in this beginning of chapter 1, the purpose of the Proverbs. You see here in verse 2, these are the Proverbs, first and foremost, to know. We're given these Proverbs so that we can know wisdom and instruction. Now this word here for know in the Hebrew takes on a very practical fashion. It is not just understanding, it is not just, to use a turn of phrase, book learning. It is to actually know and experience something in a very practical way. It is hands-on. It is a way in which we understand how God acts. We are to learn wisdom and instruction. Now, this is intellectual after a fashion because we have to study and learn, but the Proverbs are not a how-to book. There is a sense in which it is not good practice at all to try and index the Proverbs and every time you have a problem, flip to that verse that gives you the answer because you lose the context. It's not just about a method. But it is also not theoretical knowledge. I think of theoretical knowledge, I think to universities and and subjects like theoretical physics. Now, for me, physics is bad enough. Theoretical physics, I'm not even sure. Does that exist? And in what plane does it exist? You see, this is not theory. This is real life laid before us. And it is something that is moral. We are to learn morality. See, the instruction here is not like an instruction manual. Built into this word instruction is the idea of discipline. If you were talking about instructing your children how to behave, you would use this word. It is the way that you train others. The way that you even, if you were to give someone a warning not to act in this fashion because it will not turn out well, you would use this word, instruction. It's very practical and moral. This is important for us, isn't it? Because in the Christian life, one of the things that we are called to is not just to know and understand the Bible, it is to live the truths of the Bible. And to be instructed and changed by them. The second purpose that we see here is in the second couplet of verse 2. To understand words of insight. And this word understand has at its core the idea of discerning. This is what we talked about with the Proverbs, that there is a comparison. We are to discern, to understand the difference between one and two, between A and B. If we are going to be wise, we must make 
comparisons. That's important. We must determine which counsel is best for us. Now, you understand that this is very practical. I will remind you that there are people everywhere you go who are trying to convince you to live life the way they do. People at your office, people at your school, people at your baseball team, people in your neighborhood. How do you discern whether the advice that they give is right or not? How do you know which counsel to take? Well, it's only by knowing and understanding the will and purpose of God that we can judge and discern from all of the counsel that comes to us. So Proverbs tells us we not only are to know wisdom, we have to discern other things by wisdom. Third purpose is found in verse 3. We are to receive instruction in wise dealing. And in verse 4, to give prudence to the simple. See, one of the other purposes of wisdom and the Proverbs is so that we can grow. Verse 3 gives us the disciples' perspective. We are to receive instruction in wise dealing. And when we say receive, implicit in this verb is the idea of acquiring something worth having. This is not like those gifts that you get on Christmas, that as soon as you open them, you silently ask yourself, can I re-gift this? And if so, how long do I need to wait? No, this is something that when you get it, oh, I needed this. I'm going to treasure this. I'm going to take really good care of this. I'm not going to let anyone else near this for fear they'll break it. Take it. That's the way we are to view wisdom and understanding here along with the Proverbs. And again, there is a moral aspect to this because you see here the word instruction is the same word that's in verse 2. There is a moral, practical aspect to what we receive. We are to be instructed in wise dealing. We might call it skillful living. And Proverbs gives us three examples of what that is. In righteousness, in justice, and in equity. And righteousness is conduct that conforms to a standard. So we are to understand and to learn and to gain wisdom so that we might live our lives in conformity with the standard. The Word of God. And then we are to act that out in justice. And that means making decisions that are just and right. That sounds very easy, doesn't it? But anyone who has ever spent 15 minutes as a parent knows that is exceedingly difficult to put in operation. We are also to live in equity. Now, what equity here does not mean that making sure that each one of us gets exactly the same amount. No. What equity means here is, is that we are to live on a morally upright path, walking the path that is upright, eyes on the prize, following the Word of God. You see, this is how we go forward in wisdom. Verse 4 gives us a teacher's perspective on this. 
You see, we are to give prudence to the simple. Knowledge and discretion to the youth. This wisdom that we have is designed to be passed on. It is designed to be shared. We want others to know prudence. And this means we want to teach others to be shrewd, clever, able to meet the challenges of life. We are to help those who are especially easily influenced. That's what the simple means. You see, oftentimes when we see phrases like this in the Bible, we immediately define them in our minds so that we are not included in the category. We think the simple are those who just aren't quite all there. Not very bright. You know all of the cliches, not the sharpest pencil in the box, right? But that's not what this word means. It means those who are easily influenced. And if we are honest with ourselves, each of us has areas of our life in which we are vulnerable in this. Where we are easily under the influence of those who come to us with counsel that we should not follow. And we can learn from that experience and give that kind of instruction to others who in their particular areas are easily influenced. Well, what is the reason for all of this? Why do we have Proverbs? We know what they are. We understand the purpose of the Proverbs, what they are supposed to do, but why do we have them? We see that beginning in verse 5. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. Now, this verse, actually, I think, would be better translated by putting parentheses around it. The words are fine. But you see, this is almost breaking in. It's almost as if Solomon, as he is pulling together this book and talking about the need for wisdom and the need for understanding, is as if he says, hey, pay attention here. You're not as smart as you think. You need this too. That's what he's doing here. He says, you can grow too. You need wisdom. You're not above and beyond this. You know, the more you understand things, the more you can learn. So actually, the wiser you are, the more benefits you get from wisdom and learning. The better guidance that you can get. Where do we see this? Well, let me just for a moment say that there is a time in life, I won't be too specific, but it it's all of those ages that where the suffix on it is teen, in which we are really starting to know and understand a lot more. There's real understanding and wisdom that comes to us in those times of life. There's only one problem. We then begin to think that once we have this knowledge, we don't need any more. But you see, what Proverbs says is, especially young people, It's not because you know nothing that you need knowledge. It's because you are starting to know much that you need wisdom and knowledge. The more you know, the more you need. And we hope that as we grow older, we begin to understand that. But sometimes not so much. We need to understand that we need wisdom at every point in our life. 
Because you see, if we get this kind of wisdom, it actually helps us to be independent and to think for ourselves. Look at verse 6. One of the other purposes of the Proverbs is to understand a proverb and a saying. The words of the wise and their riddles. You see, what Solomon is saying here is, if you just flip through the Proverbs and find an answer to your questions, you will not get wisdom. You will get how-to. You might even get a correct outcome. But you will not get wisdom. Wisdom is understanding and learning the Proverbs and understanding the riddle nature of it and the wisdom in it so that you can then later on, when you come across another proverb, you could say, oh, I know what that means. I know what I need to do. You see, you become independent of the teacher because you have then learned the ability to use wisdom. You know the saying. If you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach him to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And that's true of wisdom. If you give someone a correct piece of advice, they will navigate through that one particular instance. But if you teach them how to think in a wise and godly fashion, you will teach them how to navigate through all of the variety of circumstances of life. That's what the Proverbs are for. You see, the goal of wisdom and the Bible is our independence from others. Not a lack of relationship, but the ability to understand God's Word, His world, and His will for ourselves. Because after all, the goal is for each of us to have a relationship with the Lord. Not to work through a mediator. It's something we all need. It's something that benefits us. But our last verse tells us, too, that this is something of primary importance. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. What does that mean? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Well, I think if we know what the fool is from the Bible, it helps us to understand the role of wisdom and its importance. Psalm 14 says, The fool says in his heart, There is no God. And as a result, they are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. They have no knowledge. They are all evildoers. They eat up my people as they eat up bread, says the, God, says the Lord. You see, to be foolish in a biblical sense is not to not know who won the 1989 World Series or not to not know every road in your hometown or not to have memorized facts and figures of chemistry or science. No, to be a fool in biblical terms is to think that you are independent of God, that you don't need God, that actually you hope God doesn't exist. And in this sense, if we're honest, we all are or were fools. For you see, Psalm 14, after it goes through the litany of the fool and who he is, says in verse 7, Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion when the Lord restores the fortunes of His people. You see, 
We all are fools who need saving. From the good and wise King, our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we understand that, we begin to have a fear of the Lord, a respect, a worship for God and who He is. We begin then to know our place in the universe to go back to our friend John Calvin. We begin then to understand who we are because we now have a true and meaningful glimpse of who God is. And it puts things into perspective. This statement about the fear of the Lord doesn't just occur here. It occurs in Job chapter 28. It occurs in Psalm 111. It is something that God wants to get through to us. That the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. But when you think about that, don't think about a beginning in the sense that it is an initial stage that you then outgrow. It doesn't mean beginning here like a beginner's class in a subject. No. It means beginning in the sense that it is the first and controlling principle of your life. It is the beginning of the relationship that you have with God that will then carry you through all of the challenges of life. And you know you will face them, don't you? Difficult decisions about your children, your parents, your friends, your work, your home, your school. How do you navigate through all of these difficult waters? You begin with the fear of the Lord. And you learn from Him and His wisdom. Trusting Him. And this is true knowledge. Of ourselves. Let's pray.